The Revelations of St. Gertrude, written by herself. Continuing Chapter 3 The excess of thy goodness obliges me to believe that the sight of my faults rather moves thee to fear thou wilt see me perish rather than to excite thine anger, making me know that thy patience in supporting my defects until now with so much goodness is greater than the sweetness with which thou didst bear with the perfidious Judas during thy mortal life. And although my mind takes pleasure in wandering after and in distracting itself with perishable things, yet, after some hours, after some days, and alas, I must add, after whole weeks, when I return into my heart, I find thee there, so that I cannot complain that thou hast left me even for a moment, from that time until this year, which is the ninth since I received this grace. Except once, when I perceived that thou didst leave me for the space of eleven days before the feast of St. John the Baptist, and it appeared to me that this happened on account of a worldly conversation the Thursday preceding, and thy absence lasted until the vigil of St. John. Then thy sweetest humanity and thy stupendous charity moved thee to seek me when I had reached such a pitch of madness that I thought no more of the greatness of the treasure I had lost, and for the loss of which I do not remember to have felt any grief at that time, nor even to have had the desire of recovering it. I cannot now be sufficiently amazed at the mania which possessed my soul, unless indeed it was that thou desired me to know by my own experience what St. Bernard said. When we fly from thee, thou pursuest us. When we turn our backs, thou dost present thyself before us. When we despise thee, thou dost entreat us. And there is neither insult nor contempt which hinders thee from laboring unweariedly to bring us to the attainment of that which eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, and which the heart of man cannot comprehend. As thou didst bestow on me thy first graces without any merit on my part, so now that I have had a second relapse, which is worse than the first, and renders me yet more unworthy to receive thee, thou hast deigned to give me the joy of thy presence without interruption until this very hour for which be praise and thanksgiving to thee as the source of all good. That it may please thee as the source of all good, and that it may please thou to preserve this precious grace in me, I offer thee that excellent prayer which thou didst utter with such amazing fervor when sweating blood in agony, and which the burning love of thy divinity and thy pure devotion rendered so efficacious, beseeching thou, by virtue of this most perfect prayer, to draw and unite me entirely to thyself, that I may remain inseparably attached to thee, even when I am obliged to attend to exterior duties for the good of my neighbor, and that afterwards I may return again to seek thee within me, when I have accomplished them for thy glory in the most perfect manner possible, even as the wind when agitated by a tempest, return again to their former calm when it has ceased, that thou mayest find me as zealous in laboring for thee 
as thou hast been assiduous in helping me, and that by this means thou mayest elevate me to the highest degree of perfection to which thy justice can permit thy mercy to raise so carnal and rebellious a creature, so that thou mayest receive my soul into thy hands when I breathe my last sigh, and conduct it with a kiss of peace where thou dwellest, who reignest indivisibly and eternally with the Father and the Holy Spirit for endless ages. Amen. Chapter 4 Of the stigmata imprinted in the heart of Gertrude, and her exercises in honor of the five wounds. I believe it was during the winter of the first or second year when I began to receive these favors that I met the following prayer in a book of devotions. O Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, grant that I may aspire towards Thee with my whole heart, with full desire and with thirsty soul, seeking only Thy sweetness and Thy delights, so that my whole mind and all that is within me may most ardently sigh to Thee, who art our true beatitude. O most merciful Lord, Engrave thy wounds upon my heart with thy most precious blood, that I may read in them both thy grief and thy love, and that the memory of thy wounds may ever remain in my inmost heart to excite my compassion for thy sufferings and to increase in me thy love. Grant me also to despise all creatures, and that my heart may delight in thee alone. Amen. Having learned this prayer with great satisfaction, I repeated it frequently. And thou, who despisest not the prayer of the humble, heard my petitions. For soon after, during the same winter, being seated in the refectory, I was seated near a person to whom I had made known my secret. I relate these things for the benefit of those who may read what I write because I have often perceived that the fervor of my devotion is increased by this kind of communication. But I know not for certain, O Lord my God, whether it was thy spirit or perhaps human affection which made me act thus, although I have heard from those experienced in such matters that it is always better to reveal these secrets, not indifferently to all, but chiefly to those who are not only our friends, but whom we are bound to reverence. Yet, as I am doubtful, I commit all to thy faithful providence, whose spirit is sweeter than honey. If this fervor arose from any human affection, I am even more bound to have a profound gratitude for it, since thou hast deigned to unite the mire of my vileness to the precious gold of thy charity, that so the precious stones of thy grace may be encased in me. Being seated in the refectory, I thought attentively on these things, when I perceived that the grace which I had so long asked by the aforesaid prayer was granted to me, unworthy though I am. For I perceived in spirit that thou hadst imprinted in the depth of my heart the adorable marks of thy sacred wounds, even as they are on thy body, that thou hadst cured my soul in imprinting these wounds on it, and that to satisfy its thirst, thou hadst given it the precious beverage of thy love. 
but my unworthiness had not yet exhausted the abyss of thy mercy. For I received from thine overflowing liberality this remarkable gift, that each time during the day in which I endeavored to apply myself in spirit to those adorable wounds, saying five verses of Psalm 103, I never failed to receive some new favor. At the first verse, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I deposited all the rust of my sins and my voluptuousness at the wounds of thy blessed feet. At the second verse, Bless the Lord, and never forget all he hath done for thee. I washed away all the stains of carnal and perishable pleasures in the sweet bath of blood and water which thou didst pour forth for me. At the third verse, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, I reposed my spirit in the wound of thy left hand, even as the dove makes its nest in the crevice of the rock. At the fourth verse, Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, I approached thy right hand, and took from thence all that I needed for my perfection in virtue. And being thus magnificently adorned, I passed to the fifth verse, who satisfieth thy desires with good things, that I might be purified from all the defilement of sin, and have the indigence of my wants supplied, so that I might become worthy of thy presence, though of myself I am utterly unworthy, and might merit the joy of thy chaste embraces. I declare also that thou hast freely granted my other petition, namely, that I might read thy grief and thy love together. But alas, this did not continue long, although I cannot accuse thee of having withdrawn it from me, but I complain of having lost it myself by my own negligence. This thine excessive goodness and infinite mercy has hidden from itself and has procured to me, without any merit on my part, the greatest of thy gifts the impression of thy wounds, for which be praise, honor, glory, dominion, and thanksgiving to thee for endless ages. Chapter 5 Of the wound of divine love and of the manner of bathing, anointing, and binding it up. Seven years after, a little before Advent, by thine ordinance, who art the source of all good, I engaged a certain person to say this prayer every day for me before a crucifix. O most loving Lord, by thy pierced heart, pierce her heart with the arrow of thy love, so that nothing earthly may remain therein, and that it may be entirely filled with the strength of thy divinity. Being moved, as I believe, by these prayers, on Gaudete Sunday, Thy infinite liberality having permitted me, by an excess of mercy, to approach the communion of thy adorable body and blood, thou didst infuse a desire in me when I approached it, which broke forth in these words, Lord, I am not worthy to receive the least of thy gifts, but I beseech thee, by the merits and prayers of all here present, to pierce my heart with the arrow of thy love. This has been taken from The Revelations of St. Gertrude, 
Part 2 of The Life and Revelations of St. Gertrude the Great, first published in English in 1862. This work is available through 10 books. For more information, call 1-800-437-5876 or find them on the web at www.tanbooks.com. This work is in the public domain.